0: Okay, thank you girls. That's wonderful. So who's happily digesting? I always get worried, you know, after morning teas and afternoon teas and there's been cake and, you know, the sugar peak, the, I feel like, you know, handing out protein bars, you know, to stop you. Okay, where's the birthday girl? I want to bless the birthday girl. Oh, there's 2 Okay, I I, Karen? That's you. Because Cecilia just got got a blessing. Okay, well today's your birthday. Come out come out here. Let me sing happy birthday to you. And Cecilia, where are you? She left took her gift and ran. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say happy birthday to you in Italian in honour of this occasion. Wait till after you've heard it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. No, I'm only joking. Be ate. Actually, that would go karna, karna. There you go. Do you own your own home? Do you have your own home? You're, you're renting. You're living with a girlfriend. this I actually owned my own home before I got married. My husband married me. He got a house. And so (laughs) at the time God gave me a promise, I didn't have a cent in the bank, not a cent deposit. I think I was above the tax-free threshold at that time, but I was actually below it for many years as a travelling ministry. And so in the the natural, impossible to own my own home. I can't begin to tell you. Because I don't know what I earn from one year to the other. I mean, my board sets a salary by faith you know, but um, try going to a bank manager and say, give me a mortgage, you know, when when you've got nothing in the bank and no proof that you're going (laughs) to get anything, you know. So God gave me a promise, but I went from renter's level of faith to owner's level of faith on the inside before I possessed it on the outside. And I did possess it within a 12-month cycle of God actually encouraging me and speaking to me through different people, gave me a promise in his word. A miracle happened. And so this, is the, this, the, 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 this tells the story, you level faith, girls, of going from one level of faith to another. Believing what you've not believed before to receive what you've not received before. And so there you go for your birthday. There you go. Enjoy. Play it at night in your sleep, you'll wake up with an Aussie accent. So yeah. <laughs> I was telling Wendy at the break... At afternoon tea time, I meet Aussies living in New Zealand. They still sound like Kiwis to me. I say, I need to get you upstairs, give you some, you know, fresh Aussie accent lessons or run DVDs of Home and Away and Neighbours and, you know, get you. Thank you, Lord. How many of you have children? Give me a wave. I don't, but I found this kind of funny when I received this. It's about how, you, you know, things are different according to the birth order of your children. So, example, your clothes. First baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your doctor confirms your pregnancy. Second baby, you wear your regular clothes for as long as possible. Third baby, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. (laughs) Preparing for birth. First baby, you practice your breathing religiously. Second baby, you don't bother because you remember that last time breathing didn't do a thing. And third baby, you ask for an epidural in your eighth month. My friend Chris Kane says, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and God the epidural. <laughs> Do you have epidurals in New Zealand? Okay, just I just had this sort of sense of like blankness. Of like, you, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, you're all into the natural, supernatural childbirth here, obviously. Yeah? Don't believe in epidurals. I was getting... Anyway. Gee, it's hot up here. Is there a heater on or something? It just, just me, me. Fair Um The baby clothes. First baby, you pre wash newborn's clothes, colour coordinate them and fold them neatly in the baby's little chest of drawers. Second baby, you check to make sure that the clothes are clean and discard only the ones with the darker stains. Third baby, boys can wear pink, can't they? Worries, first baby, the first sign of a distress, a whimper, a frown, you pick up the baby. Second baby, you pick up the baby, you pick the baby up when her whales threaten to wake your firstborn. Third baby, you teach your three year old how to rewind the mechanical swing. Dummy, first baby, if the dummy falls on the floor, you put it away, she can go home, wash and boil it. Second baby, when the dummy falls on the floor, you squirt it off with some juice from the baby's bottle. Third baby, you wipe it off on your shirt and pop it back in. (laughs) Nappies, oh, this one cracks me up. First baby, you change your baby's nappies every hour, whether you need it or not, whether they need it or not. Second baby, you change their nappy every two to three hours if needed. Third baby, you try to change their nappy before others start to complain about the smell or you see it sagging to their knees. (laughs) Going out, first baby. The first time you leave your baby with a sitter, you call home five times. Second baby, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave a number where you can be reached. Third baby, you leave instructions for the babysitter to call only if she sees blood. <laughs> at home, first baby, spend a good bit of every day just gazing at the baby. Second baby, spend a bit of every day watching to be sure your older child isn't squeezing, poking or hitting the baby. Third baby, spend a little bit of every day hiding from the babies. <laughs> Swallowing a coin. Anyone's child ever swallowed a coin? Apparently this is not uncommon as I do the research. Anyone else besides Pastor Joyce? Yeah. Okay, first child. When the first child swallows a coin, you rush the child to hospital and demand x-rays. Second child. When the second child swallows a coin, you carefully watch for the coin to pass. Third child. When the third child swallows a coin, you deduct it from his allowance. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Amen. I'm. I hope you don't mind. Is anyone greatly offended if I remove my boots? Because I'm, I'm. I'm starting to feel quite hot up here, and it might actually. Might actually help. Okay, they're beautiful, comfy boots, but my feet are starting to get a bit. Um. I know I should be right. We'll. We'll see. I just I thought someone's turned the heating up between the first session and and, and the second. Okay. Thank you, Lord. You've got heaps of time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Right now, I thank you that your word is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's coming from here. That's what it is. I'll turn it around on you people. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Thank you. That your word, Lord, is alive. Lord God, I thank you today. Lord, for this session. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Lord, we don't need to hear the voice of a woman. We need to hear from you today. And Lord, I thank you for writing, as it were, your word to each one of these women, personally and individually, upon their hearts. That right now, Lord, this can be a prophetic moment just between you and them. They don't need to hear, as it were, uh, thus saith the Lord. But but Lord, your Holy Spirit can shout. Not just the still small voice of God, but Lord, the shout from heaven. Because your voice is like thunder your voice breaks the cedar's of Lebanon so father today i thank you lord i believe today lord god you're going to bring great encouragement great hope in jesus name amen just as i i was praying that i was sensing that there are women here today and you're at a crossroads and you've come even believing god for that word for that direction for that clarity and i believe the lord wants me to encourage those of you to whom that applies that God knows how to shout when he has to. We hear a lot about the still small voice of God, but can I be this honest? I mean, that was Elijah's experience in the cave. It's not a doctrine. I mean, it was one guy's experience in one moment, and then, then, you know, people kind of like package it, and like God's voice is always still and small. No. Anyone heard the shout of God? I've heard the shout of God. My call into ministry was a shout you i'm all okay now just are you are you just, i was, was going to say just so you know I'm all, I'm all fine now that those lights down there have been turned off unless you wanted for the rest of you anyone else uncomfortable you're opening windows yeah that's what you're doing anyone else want the windows open oh okay others are sweating okay we'll, we, we'll, we assume it's not our hormones beautiful my call into ministry came through a shout, and I'm so glad it did, because you had sustained me during times when I wanted to give up. Some of you need to put more trust and faith in God's ability to speak than your inability to hear. What if I miss it? Honestly, we are so prone to get our knickers in a twist over the will of God. Oh, what if I miss it? I love what Joyce Meyer says. God said to her, "Joyce, if you miss me, I'll find you." And he's the good shepherd. He's good at his job. I mean, for heaven's sake, we're in New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand is very acquainted with sheep. And what do sheep do? Sheep just, just enjoy the pasture. They just chomp on the grass. And it's not until the shepherd comes and says, come on, time to move, that they move. They, they, they just enjoy life. And some of you get so anxious about the next step, anxious about the will of God, anxious about the future. And God is saying, put your trust in the good shepherd who's good at his job. He's good at his job. You're the dumb sheep. How many sheep do you see going around to the shepherd? Eh? What's your will? What's your will? It's the shepherd's responsibility to make his will known. Otherwise, he's not a very good shepherd. And ours is a good shepherd. Jesus is, is good at what he does. And some of you, the word of the Lord is today because you're so stressed and you're getting so anxious about your will, your will, your... I mean, just chill. Chill. I mean, honestly, it's his job to make sure that you are where, where you're meant to be. He lets you know it's your responsibility to respond. So enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Another good Joyce Meyer book there. Enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. And, and, let's, and let's dispense with this idea that hearing the voice of God is some super spiritual, difficult, you know, like it's just set aside for the prophetic, the intercessors, people who've got, you know, hours to fast and pray. That is a part of your salvation package. Do you know that? Yeah, John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. So if you've given your life to Jesus, no matter how old you are, how long you've been walking with the Lord, where you've come from, you qualify. You're his sheep and you hear his voice. Let me illustrate. This is not the message that I'm planning to preach. Don't even have the notes for it, but let's go. I believe it's going to take lift some stress off off some of you here today. I have a mobile phone here. At the moment, I'm on Vodafone Network. At home, I'm on Optus, but I'm on roaming. So here I am on Vodafone. Now, this little contraption is amazing. I just find it amazing, that apart from the fact that I can actually receive phone calls, you know, have communication with people from any part of the world, I mean, text messaging just totally, how do they do that? I mean, I still try to get my head around, you know, fax machines, but I mean, this doesn't have wires, this doesn't have a phone line, I just think you find that amazing, that it just uh, goes through space and it just arrives over the other side of the world. I mean, I find that incredible. I cannot tell you how mobile phone technology works, but it works for me, even though I don't know how it works. <clears throat> All I need is, is the phone and I, I need to be signed up on the network. So I pay Optus in Australia the sum total of about $150 a month to have access to their network and then that's it it works I pay them and then I can receive and make phone calls now look at it this way your spirit your born again spirit if you've given your life to Jesus Christ what happens is your spirit that was dead to God becomes alive in actual fact the Bible says your spirit becomes one spirit with him one so let's for a start, dispense as well with the idea that the will of God's got to travel like from the, you know, all through, from, from through the heavens, you know, like light years away. Like Cause some people think they're receiving from up there. No, you're not. His spirit is alive on the inside of you. His spirit, his voice it says in Proverbs, the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord. So when God wants to illuminate your darkness, he, he, he speaks from the inside He is in there. If you've asked him in, he's there. And so forget about him being from a distance. From a distance. I hate that song. Personally, with all due respect to Cliff Richard, Bette Midler, or anyone else who sung it, because he's not from a distance, especially not if you're born again. But, I mean, Jesus Christ came down to earth so that we can be reconnected back to the Father. He's right up close and personal. The Holy Spirit is here right up close and personal today, not from a distance. And so you become born again, Spirit of God comes, your spirit from that moment, it's not separated anymore from God. It's not like God, God, God. No, He's alive on the inside of you. You are one spirit with Him. You are being led by His Spirit even when you don't realize it, even when you don't feel it. Some people think the will of God is like this tightrope. And I've got to hear and take one step. And I've got to hear and take one step. And if, oh dear, if I take the wrong step, I go to the wrong place. I make the wrong decision. I'm I'm out of the will of God. The will of God is a state of your heart. It's a state of heart. People come up to me, oh, I so want to be in the will of God. And, you know, I, I can't hear it. I need a word and whatever. And I say, the very fact that you want to be in his will tells me that you are. I mean, I mean it's, 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 not, it's not this, like, it's a state of your heart. And the fact that he is leading you. The sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And he does speak. He does speak and he does lead. By your spirit, not by your, your mind. So for, uh, 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 you might be here today and you think, oh, Vicky, you know, I'm not intelligent enough. Or I, I didn't finish high school. Or, you know, I'm not articulate enough. Or, you know, I, I don't feel spiritual enough. There are two lies that the enemy will sell you. And the one is, is that you're not spiritual enough. And the other is the fear of being too spiritual. You know, people are afraid of being too spiritual. I remember when I first went into ministry, I mean, I was like a woman possessed. I was on a mission from God. I mean, I think I fasted more than I ate. I think I, I, I mean, I just, I didn't watch television for 12 months. I didn't read a newspaper in 12 months. I just really separated myself from God. I mean, the well that I draw from today can be largely attributed to an intense, incredible period of digging a well in my life. And people thought I was nuts. I was kicked out of a house that I was sharing with another girl at the church because I was extreme. Too spiritual. And my ordination service, my, my pastor prophesied and said, said, um, said, You're not called like others are called. People aren't called like you're called. So don't listen to what other people say about what you're doing. Now, that was a season. That was a season. of of living like that but people can get afraid of being too spiritual especially now it's like that pendulum is you know in our contemporary wanting to be seeker friendly wanting to you know to appeal to the to to the to the world it's like some people i don't think you as a church would have but some churches are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and and in the fear of being too spiritual they're not hearing god about anything you know, it's so, but the other is I'm not spiritual enough. And we look at others who seem to be so more deserving and so more worthy. And, you know, I mean, I, I come across some prophets myself, some prophetic ministries. And there's so much, you know, like they're just so in that zone all the time. And, you know, I can feel a bit intimidated. I can feel a bit, gosh, I'm a, you know, I'm a second-class prophet. But I, I know it sounds funny, but the fact is we can compare. Come on, as women, we can compare. The sin of comparison, actually. It's a sin to compare. And some of you here today think, oh, I'm not spiritual enough to be hearing from God. Or, oh, I don't want to become too spiritual. When the fact of the matter is, when you gave your life to Jesus, he took up residence on the inside of you. And a part of your salvation package is to hear from him. Because John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear. My sheep hear. So, oh, no, I don't. Well, either you've not learned to recognize his voice or else you're not listening. Because sheep do hear. And just like you don't understand how this mobile phone works, and I don't understand it because it's in my possession, because it's mine, I I, I have the benefits of it. And your redeemed spirit, you see, puts you on the network. Your redeemed spirit is the receiver. Your spirit is the receiver. You understand? But it's not the price that you've paid. It's the price that Jesus has paid. It's not what you've done. It's what he's done for you. None of us are deserving of this life. None of us. Not one of us. No one's spiritual enough. No one good enough. None of you are worthy. Not one of us. Because we receive our salvation and, and, and we, we step into Jesus' network, he pays the bills. Some of you aren't drawing on your account enough. I've never said that anywhere before. That's hot off the press you some of you aren't drawing on your account jesus has paid the price for you to receive revelation the understanding that you need the wisdom that you need don't don't live less than what god's got for you it's an awesome walk and it's exciting walk it's an incredible journey he doesn't just speak to pastors leaders prophets he he speaks to sheep each and every one of us and and doesn't matter what you've been through your spirit is 100 pure unadulterated perfection Isn't that amazing? Your spirit, forget about your soul for a moment. Hey, we're all stuffed up just like the rest. None of us are perfect. Everyone on a journey. All of us with dysfunctions. Got dysfunctions? Join the club. Hey, human race it's called. Okay, all of us have got stuff. But your spirit, once you receive Jesus, redeemed, saved. Your your spirit can't get any holier. Sorry to break the news to you. It can't. And that's just it. I mean, you are in the zone. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks, what anyone says. That, that's, yes, you're right. That's your inheritance. And your inheritance as a sheep is to receive direction, the wisdom that you need to know the will of God. I've got a whole teaching on the will of God, but I will need my notes for that, so I won't, I won't go directly there, except just, just, just to say this, that to know the will of God, is, is a part of your inheritance you don't need to do anything else you don't need to be more deserving you don't have to work harder you don't have to be more spiritual that that's a part of the deal that's a part of the deal and so when I receive when I receive a call when, 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 when someone speaks to me I, I just listen I just listen I don't, I don't have to work out I don't have to do anything except listen and maybe today, it might be someone here and you haven't learned to recognize the voice of God yet. Because the fact is, it can really be very unassuming. It's, it's 99.99% of the time not audible. It's just, for me, most of the time, it's just a knowing. Just a knowing. Just an idea that I didn't have before. Just a thought. Just as it were, light that breaks through my darkness. And at that moment, it's so tempted to say, ah, uh, is that God or is that me? Is that God or is that me? And then some go, is, is, that, is that the devil? What if it's the devil? I just do a very simple test. When, when something comes to me, I might do a very simple test. I think, well, okay, you know, is this going to help other people? You know, is, is, is this, you know, is this something that the devil wouldn't want me to do? Example, for many years, before I was ever released to preach the Word of God, I had a dream and a desire to. And I was in a movement, I was a part of a denomination, a very traditional Pentecostal denomination, and women weren't released to preach. They weren't ordained in the ministry. They weren't even recognized or called to the five-fold ministry gifts. That was all for men. And so in that time, I was Gave my heart to Jesus at the age of 19 years old as a hairy-legged hippie. Got filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and not very long after that, started to have visions. And, and, and uh, I don't mean, you know, writing on the wall. I just mean just, you know, just like a thought, just like a picture, like an imagination, you know, of me preaching. And in front of hundreds and thousands of people, I would see myself ministering in the power of God, people being set free, in the, moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And for the first 10 years, my ministry in my local church was as a praise leader. And so basically, I, would, I was an icebreaker. I'd come and lead them in the first three or four fast songs. And I would do that probably on average of once a month. And that was a big deal where I came from. I was the first woman in Australia in my denomination, to even do that. My senior pastor, he, 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 he got a hard time for letting me do that. Men still led them into worship, led them up the holy hill of worship, men who couldn't sing. And I was up there and that was the little, that was the little God had entrusted me with. I'm just, I'm just talking heart to heart with you here. I've just dispensed with the message. I've, I've just, I'll get to that another time. But I, was entrusted with a little, and I really took it seriously. I mean, I would fast and pray over those four songs. I really would because if I had a little moment, a little opportunity to be a blessing and to encourage people, I, 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 wanted, I wanted God to pour his anointing on me. I wanted it to make a difference. And so, and so that's what I would do. That would, I'd try to preach in between the songs, but they put a stop to that. Because really my heart's desire was to preach but women did not do that i mean for 10 years i could bring a word of general prophecy and encouragement to the church on a sunday just as anyone else when there was opportunity in but you know the lull the prophetic lull in worship but if a, a prophet a prophet an ordained prophet had got up first then you couldn't prophesy after him and you had a once a month limit so i had some very strict you know uh Kind of controls and guidelines during during that that season. And so, I had a dream. I had a dream to to preach, to travel. I, I could see myself travelling different places. Every time a plane would fly overhead of my mother's home, I'd run outside and I'd look up and I'd say, "One day I'm going to be on there." I remember I'd go to the airport. Just to have coffee and smell the fumes. I would just work, to be honest. I would work to save money and travel. At the age of nineteen, I took off with a girlfriend and, and, and did a U-rail across Europe. As you know, I was twenty, sorry. I was oh, I had my twentieth birthday over there. I, I went back on another two occasions by myself across Australia by myself I mean I just love travel I put the backpack on I did the youth hostel thing until I was 30 and I thought ditch the backpack and youth hostels time for suitcases and hotels it was just like <laughs> defining moment 30 thank you but I remember people saying to me Vicky when are you going to settle down I remember my youth leader at that time saying Vicky you must be running from something I didn't feel like I was running from something. I felt like I was running to something. I just felt this desire in my heart. I love different cultures. I love different languages. I just, you know, I'd come alive when I'd be out there. And it was great misunderstanding, but yet great preparation in those 10 years. And, um, you know, not once did a prophet come through our church and pick me out. In all those 10 years. and, And yet now... Um, I would probably be one of that season of, of my youth group for example I'd be the most well known of all of them in terms of ministry and yet I was never ever picked out don't some of you here today let me encourage you it doesn't matter if someone hasn't come identified the call of God in your life I mean I, I, no one ever did for, for for me in in that time and so all I had was a all I had was a desire. You know, God can speak through your desires. God can speak through desires. Today, I believe God, God wants women to reconnect with your desire. Desire is not a dirty word. Desire is something that we kind of, you know, can associate with the flesh and desire. No, no. And, and your heart. Let, let's talk about your heart for a moment. Out of it flows the issues of life, it says in Proverbs. Out of it flows the issues of life. Did you know that the life that you don't see is the life that you see? Sorry, is a reflection of your heart that you can't see. That's why it's so important to tend to it. Bigger heart, bigger life. You you know, it's just the principle of God's word. The word sown into the heart brings forth fruit. Yes, the heart is the soil, and so. and so, desire. Desire. God speaks to you through your desires. Oh, Becky, the heart of man is wicked. Deceitfully wicked above all else. Who could know it? Well, I don't know about your heart, but Jesus is living in mine. We, 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 we've got to come away from this idea as well that, you know, the heart is all evil. I've got some good living in my heart. In fact, he gave me a new heart. And when you, you can't start to trust your heart, now, I don't mean we can't be deceived. If you don't think you can be deceived, that's the biggest deception of all. That's why we need to be together. That's why we need to be in fellowship and in, and in community with others because the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We, not me, we. We. It's like you have a bit of, of revelation, I have a bit, I have together. That's the checks and balance, you see, of living together because we all can miss it. But I have discovered that desire is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us of his will. And so if you're at the crossroads today and you're wondering, well, what is it God wants me to do? What, can I ask you just to start having a look again at your desires? Just start to write down what are the things, what's the things that flick your switch? What, what, what is it you've always wanted to do? I am doing what I've always wanted to do. Even as a little girl, my dream was to be a teacher. All I wanted to do was be a teacher I'd literally set up shop, put teddies out there at the back veranda, set up class. School holidays, I was out there in school. I'd have the chairs, I'd have the blackboard, I'd do assignments, projects. And then when I left high school and went to university, I was um, training to be a teacher and I, I lasted one, one semester. I did one teaching prac and I got a revelation. Kids talk back, teddies don't. And I take my hat off to any teacher here today because I, I just, wow, well, no, nah, this is not what I'd envisage. So at that point, I went into acting because I'd always seen myself on the stage. Look, I'm not one of those reluctant communicators. You hear people with the call of God, I'm so scared of people and i like, no, not me. God had to get a lot out of me before he let me up there because I wanted to be up there so much. I, I, I love being in front of people. I had the gift of the gab. I, I came out of the womb talking. Mum, mum said I was... Talking at twelve months old and it took till I was eighty months to get off my backside and actually start to walk. And so, you know, that that's always been something I wanted to do. And it was always teaching and acting, teaching and acting. When the teaching didn't work out, I went I went to drama school and I kind of pursued that and that didn't work out. It's a very hard industry and and it, I barked up the wrong tree. I was trying to be a serious, dramatic Shakespearean actor at the time. I should have done comedy. <laughs> I wonder if I would have had a better chance of being of being a comedian but but it just the thing was is what I was getting was a sensing without even knowing it it's before I'd given my heart to Jesus incidentally before I I, I was a born-again Christian now I look back and I can see how those desires are just the things that I love to do some of us can assume that the will of God is the hardest thing possible oh I, I want I so want to live there but God god wouldn't have me live there i mean i lived for two years in noosa on the sunshine coast which is just absolutely heaven come to earth i absolutely if you've ever if you're not familiar with it holiday area of australia fantastic and i remember the call of god was coming for me to move there it was after the year from hell god's directing me to go there and i i thought no that can't be god that can't be god god calling me to noosa no one's gonna believe me i love that place yeah, sure, Vicky." God's called you to noosa. And And it wasn't until I responded an altar call and the pastor's wife said, you assume that the will of God is going to be the least likable, the hardest thing, the hardest option. And, and, and then I realized God wanted me to move into this, this day, two of the happiest years of my life. It was just like a healing season and then he relocated me to Adelaide. But, but somewhere here today, God is shouting so loud and you've assumed it's you. Oh oh someone has come and, and they've spoken as it were. You know, if I had have believed what I was being told in the first first teeny I, I I would never have thought the, the the call of God would come to pass. I honestly would have thought I was in rebellion because because every everything that I was being shown, women keep quiet in the church. Ephesians 4, God gives gifts unto men, not women. If I had have believed some of those things, people who thought, oh, I only wanted to be up there for my own motive. But you know what? It doesn't matter what man says. If you have something of longstanding in your heart, long standing, and it has weathered the test of time, and it is still remaining there in spite of circumstance and opposition, good chance it's God. Good chance that it's God. And so God just wants us to rest about this this matter of, of his voice and his will. And there are times, there are times when you really need the wisdom of God. I mean, girlfriend of mine diagnosed with cancer, you know, she was at that place. Do I do chemotherapy or don't I? I mean, she'd not walked that way before. I mean, that is a big life decision. You know, when you're talking about decisions, you know, that affect You know, your life and you need the wisdom of God. But you know what it says as well in Proverbs that wisdom cries out. Wisdom cries out in Proverbs chapter 1, lifts her voice, shouts out. Wisdom doesn't whisper. Mate, you've got to be deaf not to hear wisdom crying out. So let's put our faith in a God who can speak rather than our inability to hear. Yeah, God wants to break inferiority off some of your lives in, in this area of hearing from him. Fear. Some of you have heard from God in times past, stepped out in faith, and it seemed to backfire. It seemed to backfire, and now you play it safe. You haven't trusted that still, small voice. You haven't trusted that inkling that, that, because of what happened in the past, and God wants to break that fear off you so you can run again. I know what that's like. I, I, honestly, I think some of us in the ministry just go through absolutely just about every possible scenario so we can get up and say, been there, done that, came through. So to, to encourage you, to encourage you. I remember leaving Australia, moving to England, thinking I was going to be there for a couple of years and after five months came back, battered and bruised, really believed it was God, just so totally didn't get it, to, just, about, just so rocked my world. Because it didn't work out the way I expected. And, and, and the Lord led, led me to a passage where Jesus was led into the wilderness by his Spirit. Jesus was led after the temp, time of temptation in, in the dead in the wilderness. Before, sorry, before that, he was led into that. Jesus was led, led by the Spirit into a wilderness. In Italian, we say, manongabish. Manongabish. I don't get it. I don't understand. Everyone say, manon kabish. I feel like giving out a prize to the person who does it the best. You need to get used to it, girls. That's what you're going to speak in, in, in heaven. Okay, you're going to speak. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I have some um, music just to minister to? Thank you, Jesus. Shandarabakaya. You know, I do a quick test. God giving me visions of preaching. Ministering prophetically. Miracles, healings. Do a quick test. Well, does the devil want me to preach the word of God? No. Does my flesh is my flesh interested in anyone else? No. No. Well, good chance is God. I mean, really, it's that simple. Some of you have got desires to move in powerful ways for God. And you thought, oh, it's just me. It's just me, you know. I'm, um, it must be because it's you know I, the fact that you're worried that it's just you tells me it's not because people frankly want to be up there for their own self promotion don't give a rats honestly they do not give a rip fig whether with you know it's it's like let me up there they're not afraid they know this is God and they won't be told and they gee that's a little bubby. I just looked at you that is a baby you got there. (laughs) Sorry. That's fresh out of the oven. How old? Two weeks. I thought oh how cute grandson. That looks like it could be yours. (laughs) How beautiful. It's his first women's conference. Two weeks old. Thank you, Lord. I saw that. Didn't he? Oh, it's like a little koala, isn't he, hanging on in there? <laughs> Anyone get anything out of that? Oh, you know, I, God's put on my heart to, to, to sow some, some finances, you know, in, into the church. Oh, it's bigger than I've ever thought. I, I, it's it's. Oh no, that, that can't that, that can't be God. That. What well, was it? The devil? Does the devil want you to sow finances into the church? No. Let's eliminate that. Is it your flesh? Does your flesh want you to let go of that which you could use on yourself and to sow unselfishly? No, the flesh is not unselfish. So not the flesh. Okay, what does that leave? God. Very easy. Oh, there's that person over there, and, and you know, um, my neighbour, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling concerned and troubled about them. And you don't know anything in the natural, and you're feeling this leading to go over and talk to them. Oh, is that God? Could that be good? Well, does the devil want you to go and make connection and be friendly to your neighbour, and potentially be used to minister some encouragement, some? No, does your flesh? No, your flesh doesn't give a rip. Your flesh only is concerned about yourself. What does that leave? And so, how many of us go through like, okay, God, if it's really you, if it's really, really you, I heard another Joyce Meyer thing recently. And she was like, going to be giving something away. And it was like, God, if it's really you, something she didn't want to give away. Lord, enough, two weeks, three weeks, and then God said, you know what, Joyce, even, even if it's not me, I'm not going to be mad if you go and bless someone. God's going to give you clarity. Some of you today, right now, right now, I can just see clarity coming. It's like, you know when you mix like, uh, water and 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 silt and it becomes muddy you know when but if you leave it settle it separates and it's like all the the, you know the dirt falls to the bottom and then you're left with clear water some of you have been agitated you've been agitated in your spirit and shake 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 and you can't see anything because it's so murky But if you just settle and just rest so you just need to put the cd on at home the worship cd the praise cd that's a great place to hear from god that's a great place, isn't it? Just, you know, just, just don't. Aid. And then God will speak at unexpected times. My call in ministry came. as I was walking, just on a walk, along the Brisbane River there in Queensland. Actually, no, I was at Deception Bay of all places. No, I wasn't. No, I was, a reg- I was in the regular Peninsula. I'm just, not that it means anything to you Kiwis, but some of you will mean to you, Tara. You know where I'm talking about. I was at Margate walking along the waterfront there. And I heard God shout so loudly. I knew I got knocked off my feet. And all he said was this, I don't want you to go back to Perth. I'm a Perth girl, okay? That's where all my family are to this day. I'd gone to Brisbane for four and a half months for a prophetic training school, for my own personal development, just because I was into that stuff. You know, and I just thought this would be great for my, my, my development and just to set aside time to see God. Well, expecting to go back to my job, I ended up in the area of staff training, human resource management. I just took leave without pay. I was going back. I sold everything to help finance. My time used to deposit. I'd saved up for it to, buy a, um, to buy an apartment. I'd, uh, I used that for my living expenses and the tuition for four and a half months. And at the end of that time, I thought I was going back. But with only days to go, God said to me, I don't want you to go back to Perth. I mean, I had never even ended my head. Don't tell me that God will give you ample time and you know consult with you and I didn't I didn't even have a chance to go back and say goodbye or have a farewell party and I knew I knew this was not my, my parents were not going to be excited about this. I mean my mum my mum and I are very close and my Italian father is very traditional and single daughters do not go leaving their family to live where there is none. Actually, the the Maori's here. I've got to get it right. How do you say, Maori. Maori? Maori? Does that sound so much like Italians? I really relate to you guys because Italians and Maori got this this in common. Family, food, and a good fight now and again. (laughs) So... But, you know, I, I, do you guys know, I don't know what it's like in your, in, your, in your culture, but when you're a single girl, you just don't go leaving the family to live on the other side of Australia where there is none. And I knew the hardest thing I've ever had to do to this day was actually to ring my mum. I didn't, I didn't ring dad. I rang mum and tell her I wasn't coming back. Oh, no, no joke. She grieved like I died for years. It was so hard. And to add insult to injury, to rub the salt in, she had to pack my stuff. I didn't get to go back for any farewell party. I didn't, you know, no card, no gift, no nothing. And I didn't even know why God wanted me to stay. I had no idea. Some of you want, you're, you're, you're wanting God to give you the detail. You're wanting the, the long term and, and he's telling you the next step. And you're saying, but why? But why? It doesn't make sense. I didn't know why. God, why do you want me to stay in Brisbane? I didn't, to be this honest, I wasn't greatly taken by the place. I, I really, at Tara at the time, I it made, it did terrible things to my hair. The humidity, my makeup would slide off my face. My hair's naturally wavy. I straighten it and it would just go, go crazy. And uh, and, I, and and people didn't like me. I mean, back home in church in Perth, you know, but for the most part, it was peace on all borders. But I rock up. This was Redcliffe, Redcliffe in Queensland. I rock up, new girl on the block. And, and there were people who didn't like me. People would outright abuse me. This is in the church. I'm like mate I can't wait to get out of this place at the time it was you know it, it's become more developed now but it was pre-development and and mate I just thought what am I doing in this place I want to go back home and God says stay some of you God's giving you the word and you're saying but why but why but why don't worry about the why step out in faith just do it you mug just do it just have a go have a go you never never know if you never ever go what if nothing happens what if it does? What if it wasn't God? What if it is? And it's another one of my tests is, is this going to hurt anyone? That's another one of my tests. If the only person could potentially get hurt is myself, I'll go with it. If it's not going to be detrimental, or hurt anyone else. And so I took that step of faith just on a, this, this, this. this, It's like this, this, this stay in queen. I don't want you to go back. Man, it was like an instant. God can download, I mean, full-scat pages. You suddenly know all this stuff you didn't know. He doesn't work in our time. God doesn't work in our time. By the way, there's someone here today and you're under the pressure of time. I've got to make a decision because, I've got to make a decision because, listen to me. When you gave your life to Jesus, from that point on, your times are in His hands. And people might tell you, I need a decision by now. I don't come under pressure. Do not make a decision out of pressure. There's someone here and, and I see the hourglass. It's, been to, it's like the grains of sand are going through the hourglass. And you think, I've got to make a decision by and God's not coming up. He's not telling me, hey, i tell you what, cast that care onto Him. Walk according to His timetable. You, we make our decisions from a place of peace. Be led by peace. Let peace be your umpire. I don't care who it is. It might be the bank. It doesn't matter who it is. I tell you what, they are subject to God. And if you don't know yet, you don't know. And it's amazing how people change time frames when you when you stand your ground. You would be amazed. And when I made that decision to stay, not knowing why, the ne- you, honestly, you would have thought, oh, you know that, that, that the heavens have op- Heavens would have opened. I mean, you know, God would bless my. De- I mean, I went the next three weeks were well, like hell on earth. The next three weeks. I mean, I. had to cut all my ties from perth i mean literally everything god made me chop up my driver's license close my bank accounts had to resign from my job because i'd taken leave without pay and i knew as soon as i did that i'm not eligible for unemployment benefits or anything i don't know how okay lord i'm gonna have to obviously get a job that must be why you brought me here i'm obviously gonna work in staff training here I, i i i set out looking for work i mean nothing Nothing were I mean, I literally, I have no income. And he tells me, I don't want you going around telling people your needs or I'm going to bring you back to this point. Now, I'm a woman of faith and even growing up before I was in the ministry, you know, I believed God. I, I, I believe God could provide. My God can meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory. I mean, you know, I, be- I believed in that message. But boy, I tell you what, what I knew was being tested in that time. Because I did not eat unless, unless God blessed me. And there would be days and I'm just living off the passion fruit, growing in, in the car park, in the um, in the caravan park. I was renting a cockroach-infested caravan, for eighty dollars a week. I mean, this is the yuppie chick. I can't begin to tell you. I used to. I had a good in Perth. Great income, no dependents, no debt. Gave a lot of my money away. I'm not saying that to boast. But God had blessed me for a reason. And as I said, I was a faith girl. I double tithed for for, for many years. I supported a church plant in the northwest of Australia. Had very little to show materially. But I'd spend the money to travel, take people out to eat, and the rest was to... And i tell you what, I was at a time now I needed to reap. I remember my first week my rent was due. And I really believe someone could give me that money. And I remember working at a conference that we had. Did you ever come, Joy, to the conference that was at Redcliffe with Bill Hammond? Did you ever come to that? We had this great big prophetic conference. I mean, it was huge. And we took up an offering for the the visiting speaker. I mean, to this day, I haven't heard the likes of it. I mean, this is in in 1992. $30,000. I have never, ever been blessed with anything near that. 1992 so there's money in that place there's money at that conference I'm just believing for my 80 bucks I'm there serving teas and coffees and every person would come up I think is, is that the one Lord is, are they, is this one you're going to use I mean I've sown it's time for me to reap I mean I'm, I'm telling you I literally had not a cent unless God blessed me and as I said he said don't go around telling people your needs because I'm going to bring you back to this, this test I'm going to bring you back to the provision test I remember hearing once Kenneth Copeland. He said how, how he had a need once, and, and he found the money pinned to a tree. I'm looking at the trees. I'm looking everywhere, mate. I'm I'm checking under under under, under the mat whenever I get home. I'm week one came and went. Now I'd always been told God 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 was always on time. God was always on time, and and, and that week came and went. I remember once. Someone coming to the caravan and interesting life caravan living. Anyone ever lived in a caravan park? I remember. I mean, the caravans were so close; you had to be really careful because everyone could hear everything. You know. I remember to pray. I used to put my head on the bed and, and cover it with a pillow and blankets and pray in there. You know, curled up. I shukka ba ba Then I come up for air <laughs> and then kurab Someone came once to the caravan and bought with them avocados. I thought, "Oh well, Lord, ca- you know, avocados, I love avocados. They're a blessing, but you, know, you really got to have them with something. You know, some prawn, some chicken. I mean, just avocados by themselves. Well, no joke, that night, there was a little man who lived a couple of doors down and never saw him sober, never saw him sober. Sweet old guy, he rocks up to the caravan. I open the door and I swear to God, he's got a cook chook on a plate. One little leg sort of goes, I love ya. He had a smoke, hanging out, having a cigarette. He goes, I, love I just cooked this chook for myself, but uh, you know, I can't eat it all. And I, I thought of you. Now, probably under normal circumstances, I probably wouldn't have accepted a cooked chook from a fire breathing alcoholic. But I just, I'd ask God for chicken or prawns to go with my avocado. I mean, that is how I lived. Three weeks came and went, I still hadn't paid any rent. The caravan park manager comes to me and says, Vicky, little matter of, of rent. I said, I oh know, I'm so sorry. Look, um, uh, my father's sending it. It's on its way. I mean, I had friends in Perth, I was sharing all this, and they're saying, they can't believe God, because it was hard. It was tough. I mean, I was so lonely. I was also a lot skinnier in those days. I mean, you know, I'm hardly eating. I'm on this enforced fast for most of the time. And, I'm, and people in Perth saying like, this can't be God. This can't be God. Tell you what, no one was suffering except me. And except maybe my mother. <laughs> but you know something, God gave me God gave me a a vision. I, I don't seeing of visions is not my primary way of, of receiving revelation from God. Some people pictures all the time. I'm not that visual. I'm, I'm more a sensor and a hearer. So I'll get thoughts, or I'll feel something, or I'll just know something I didn't know before. But now and, and again, you know, an image will come up. Some some of you here. You, that's the way, it's your primary way of receiving revelation from God, you know. Your mobile phone is on MMS, you know, you get photos downloaded all the time. You, you, you're, but some of us, it's just a knowing, a feeling. Some it's a hearing. It's different ways, hey. None better than the other, none more. As long as God gets the message through, we're all wired differently. We're wired differently. And I had a picture, and it was this, it was literally of of person being put before a firing squad blindfolded and shot and God said to me obedience have has led my servants through the ages to the point of death and you think you're suffering and I got a revelation at that honestly I got this revelation at that point that obedience isn't always easy and just cause the will of God leads you into an uncomfortable place doesn't mean you've missed it. doesn't mean that you haven't heard from God because we've had this notion that, well, obey God, blessing. And that's a very powerful place. It's quite, honestly, you go to a whole new level of maturity when you learn that lesson. That obedience doesn't always lead to a comfortable place. And it's when I got that revelation, the next day, a couple from the church came and, and they invited me to come and live with them. And they said, do you like living in this cockroach-infested caravan? Not particularly. But I was reluctant because I owed money. They said, what is it What is it that you need? What are your needs? We, and I kind of reluctantly told them. They went. They paid the bill. They gave me money in my bank account. They said, come with us. Come and stay with us. You've got an environment to pray and to wait on God so you know what you're doing. It was only a couple of weeks after that. I got a phone call from the senior pastor of the church I'd been attending. And he said, Vicki, what are you doing? And I said, I'm staying. God's told me to stay. I've got no idea why. I can't get a job. I don't, I need, I've got no idea why I'm here. He says, I do. I've been waiting for you to say that. He said, oh. I said, I see the call of God in your life and I want you to come on staff. I want to apprentice you in the ministry. And that, my friends, was the start of my calling. That was, I would not be doing what I'm doing today if I had not stepped out on that stake. Oh, maybe maybe I would be, but I tell you what, it, it wouldn't have happened. I would have postponed it. I, I would have delayed it. Oh, the will of God is optional. It's always optional. And I remember someone prophesying in that season said, Vicki, initially it's going to be tough. But I can see you've got two roads. One is a steep, hard road. But the further you go, the more energised and easier and stronger you get. If you take the easy road, it's going to take you so long to get to where you're going and you're going to be so tired. I tell you what, that has so been my story. So hey, just because it backfired doesn't mean it wasn't God. Amen? Some of you aborted the purpose of God and you stepped out and you recoiled and you shrunk back. Because it, didn't, it wasn't going the way you expected. Because you got reaction. Oh, well, you stir up a hornet's nest when you step out in faith. Enemy doesn't want you stepping out in faith. There's a lady there, third row, white, string of pearls, white shirt. What's your name, sweetie? Do you, do you mind just standing for a moment? Paula? Paula? I can see you took, like Peter, a step out of the boat. From, you, you heard a word. You heard the word come. And you step. And just like Peter just like Peter it didn't quite pan out it didn't you know it didn't work out and and the waves and and the storm and and i can see you started to sink but the lord rescued you but but you haven't been so sure of this water walking business since you haven't wanted to go through that again and i see god restoring to you your confidence god restoring to you confidence because you are a woman of the spirit you're a woman who hears from heaven. You've got a mother's heart. You've got a gift of wisdom. You've got a gift of counsel. But I see God wants to restore to you a dynamic of, of, of who you are that was lost in that season because the storms rose up. There was a reaction. I'll tell you what, the spirit of control really rose up in that season and an intimidation to keep, keep you up. And you know, like, there's something about your nature wants to keep the peace. You don't want to deliberately provoke people. That's not your nature. But God wants to restore back to you even the years that the locusts have stolen. He wants to restore back to you that water walking, that water walking woman. And you're going to hear a fresh word. You're going to hear a fresh directive from heaven. And as you get up out of the boat again, as you get up out of the boat again, this time, this time, just keep your eye on the word. Keep, And I see, as you do, I see opposition being pushed back. I see like the clouds that were there to intimidate and threaten just being pushed away. In your family, God wants to do a work of healing. In your family, He wants to do a work of restoration. It's it's been something of a scattering, something of a splintering, something of... but, but, But God, I see, wants to bring wholeness and restoration to the unit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Paula, Father, we thank you right now for Paula the water walker. Hall of the water walker. And look, that which was lost is found. I just see right, just going back in. There's just something right now. I'm just going to climb over a couple of people here. I just see like a, you know, what? it's like a battery, you know, the mobile phone. You've got a mobile phone, but it's got to have the battery, the battery. And when the battery's taken out, that mobile phone doesn't work either. And it's the power. It's like the power. Being, being, oh, there it is right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Shatara Kikara Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I really just shared my story. I had a message up there to preach, but I go, I go with, I go with the flow. What, what's, your, what's your name, sweetheart? The brown jacket, right here. Joelle. I have a friend called Ainsley, back in Australia. He looks so much like her. A- Ainsley Aparana. You, know, you guys know Steve Aparana? Steve and A. He remind me of his wife. You look, a- look like you could be sisters. Joelle, as well, as well. Just stand, would you please, sweetheart. God wants to restore back your confidence as well. I see where the enemy came in like a flood. But God is rising up a standard. Has risen up a standard against him, and and that that, that confidence that I see even as a, a child, a teenager, you know, there was a, you know, you're, there was a feisty streak, there was a, a daring. I don't want to use the word rebellion; that's too harsh. But 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 there was there there was, you pushed the boundaries. You know, you, you, there was something about that that you know, and 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 then. I see the enemy throwing cold water, to try and douse out, douse out the flame, try and and and, 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 and put a lid, put a lid, you're creative i see, I see I just had a picture of musical notes flying out of you and um, and I just see God wanting to lift the lid, lift the lid and and just just some of that daring some of that risk-taking some of that that was lost even in a season where enemy came in to steal kill and destroy God wants to restore it back again he wants to use you ministering and healing he wants to use you in, in 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 laying hands on the sick and they recover he he wants to use you to express his glory his glory just lift your hands to the Lord Father right now I thank you Lord I thank you, Lord God, right now for your spirit. I thank you, Father. Your word, Lord, is spirit and life. I thank you, Lord, for life. I thank you, Lord God, I come against fear in Jesus' name, fear of missing it, fear of getting it wrong. Lord, there's streaks of perfectionism, which, Father, don't always work for her. You can be hard on yourself. But Father God, I thank you today for release. And Lord, she's going to do a different. I see, Lord God, a, a new song, and a new script, a new a, a new thing being written, Lord God. Even as she, Lord God, is a pen in your hand. I see, Lord God. Something being written in a new way. In a new way. Doing it different. Doing it different. Like the guy who came in through the ceiling. Remember the guys came in down through the ceiling with their friend to get healed. You don't come in through how, into buildings through ceilings, you enter doors. They did it different. And I see you coming in through the ceiling, coming approaching it a different way, doing some things different to get a different result. Get a different result. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I said from the outset that there were women here who were at the crossroads. You're in the valley of decision. You've you, been like, "Oh God, you know, I, I so need to hear your voice. I so need to, I said, so need to know your will. If that's you, I want you to stand. Just stand right where you are." Thank you, Lord, right now, Father, for these ones. I come against anxiety in Jesus' name. I come against right now every lie of the enemy that says they're going to miss it. I come against, Lord God, that pressure. That pressure and even hopelessness that's come upon some. I want you to connect with God, you girls standing Connect with Him right where you are. Right where you are. Oh, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, God. Oh, thank you for your spirit, Lord. Oh, peace, peace, peace. Oh, where there's been storms, release your peace. A storm of destiny. The destiny storm. Some of you, the decision you're going to make in this season, just as my decision back in Queensland in 1992 has determined the course of my life, some of you are at that sort of crossroads. And God wants you to know that that, that decision is too big for Him to leave, leave you on your own. He's committed to showing you what to do. Some making decisions, career decisions, future decisions, relationship decisions. There's a There's a doozy. Do I marry them or not? There's a big one. Huge consequences. God will give you, give you the wisdom that you need. Let peace, peace be your umpire. Safety in the multitude of counsel, the Bible says. Safety in the multitude. There's all sorts of ways that we confirm the will of God. It's not done in isolation. It's not done just by yourself. Yeah, it's done within the context of the church, of the body, of others. And not just any Joe Blow. Don't just let any man and his dog speak into your life. Hey, people with authority, people who love you, people you trust. People with a great track record, if they've got success around their life, if they're flourishing in the purposes of God, I'd listen to them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sheep, sheep, repeat after me. I am His sheep and I hear His voice and a stranger I will not follow. I hear your voice today. I am your sheep. I know you. I follow you. I will not succumb to confusion, to fear, to anxiety. I walk in the light, even as He is in the light. So I am in the light. The entrance of His Word brings light. So you are trying to find the will of God without reading His Word. Wrong. Wrong. Got to be in His Word. Be in His Word. God speaks through His Word. Something will light up. Jump out. Most major decisions of my life has been confirmed in His Word. Confirmed in His Word. Clarity. Clarity. Don't give up. You think, oh, I've been praying about this for weeks, months, years. It doesn't matter. Your times are in His hands. Just the right time, you'll know. You will suddenly know. You will suddenly know something you didn't. Lady in the red, blonde long blonde hair down the back, red top. Yes. What's your name, sweetie? Ronnie. Ronnie, you're just going to wake up one morning. You're literally going to wake up and you're just going to know what you didn't know before. You didn't know it yesterday, but you're going to know it. It's just. It's just going to wake up with knowledge. It's going to wake up with knowledge. So enjoy. Enjoy it in, in, at the moment. Enjoy, enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Your step of faith is going to be enjoying the moment. Not, not focusing on what you don't have. Focus on what you do. Giving God praise and thanks for now. Start to see the will of God in now. Because sometimes in looking for the will of God for the future, we can be missing, missing the best of now. And that's going to be a step of faith, and that, that, that's actually going to position you by actually enjoying now and praising Him, and giving thanks in all things now. That's actually going to be your launching pad to what you need to know. While you're doing the dishes, whack on the worship music. You know why you're doing. You know why you're doing whatever it is you need to do in the car. Just worship, loving Him now, loving the ones around you now. And I see a money situation. And God is going to give you the wisdom that you need. Give you the wisdom that you need. It's going to take you to the next level. It's going to take you to the next level. There will be no lack. There will be no lack in the will of God. Where he guides, he provides. It's been a bit of, it's a, bit of a stretching that's been going on. But stretching, stretching is enlargement. Stretching is a good thing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus.